0: We continue in our series on the book of Ruth. We're going to be looking at chapter 2, Ruth chapter 2, verses 18 through 23. Before we get there, though, uh, a little review is in order. If you'll remember, those who have been with us, that Naomi left Israel with her husband and her two sons for Moab. And uh, while she was there, her two sons married uh, Moabite women. But in the course of time, her husband died and then both of her sons died. And so she returns to Israel with one of her daughters-in-law named Ruth. And she comes to the city. Of, uh, she comes back to, to Israel and the, the people, uh, the, the women of the town see her and say, oh, Naomi's back. And she said, don't call me Naomi in Hebrew. The word Naomi means pleasant. Call me Mara which means bitter for God. For I went away empty and God brought me back. I went away full and God brought me back empty. She left with a husband. She left with uh, two sons and she came back uh, with no husband and no sons. And that's not only a problem in terms of just uh, socially and emotionally and comfort, but also, in terms of her uh, ability to take care of herself and the, uh, the very real prospect of her being impoverished without them. And we find then uh, in, the, in the episode we went through last week, the scripture passage, that in fact, um, Ruth was gleaning. Uh, that's what poor people did. That was part of the law in the Old Testament to help take care of poor people. And the rule went like this. If you were a landowner and you had a crop, in this case, barley, uh, you and your people would go through the crop once and pick it, but you would not go through a second time. You would leave whatever was left over uh, was unplucked in that first go round for the poor to come through and to be able to feed themselves through that. And that's what Ruth did. The question we have here in our text uh, as we've been looking at it is, will God restore Naomi? Will she restore? Will God restore Naomi financially uh, in terms of family support, uh, in terms of encouragement? Will she be restored? And last week we got the first inkling of encouragement because uh, we found that Ruth was uh, noticed by the owner of the land and shown preferential treatment. Uh, Not only was she allowed to glean in Boaz's field, but he said, hey, guys, when Ruth is following you, uh, go ahead and and leave a little extra for her. And so she received preferential treatment. So is God going to restore Naomi? And how about you? Is God going to restore you? Financial restoration, relational restoration, physical restoration? Health restoration, most importantly, restoration with God. Is he going to do that? So let's go ahead and look at Ruth chapter 2, verses 18 through 23. And she took it up, that is the gleanings, and went into the city. Her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned. She also brought out and gave her what food she had left over after being satisfied. And her mother-in-law said to her, where did you glean today? And where have you worked? Blessed be the man who took notice of you. So she told her mother-in-law with whom she had worked and said, The man's name with whom I work today is Boaz. And Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, May he be blessed by the Lord, whose kindness has not forsaken the living or the dead. Naomi also said to her, The man is a close relative of ours and one of our redeemers. And Ruth, the Moabite, said, Besides, he said to me, You shall keep close by my young men until they have finished all my harvest. And Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter-in-law, It is good, my daughter, that you go out with his young women, lest in another field you be assaulted. So she kept close to the young women of Boaz, gleaned until the end of the barley season and wheat harvests, and she lived with her mother-in-law. She came back that first day. One commentator I read estimated that she brought back somewhere between 30 and 50 pounds of barley, a lot. And so her mother-in-law saw her dragging uh, this, uh, this gleaning in way more than she would have expected. And she said, whoa, uh, that's my paraphrase. You know what? Where in the world did you get all this? Whose field did you glean in today? And uh, she said, well, um, you hit the jackpot. I said, well, it was a guy by the name of Boaz. Cue the dramatic music. Boaz? Yeah, Boaz. What's a big deal about Boaz? Boaz is one of our more dramatic music. Redeemer. He's a redeemer. Okay, what's a redeemer? Ruth might ask. You might ask. In the Hebrew, the word for redeemer there is goel. And that word for redeemer has got a lot of deep and rich connotations. There are different words in the Old Testament in the Hebrew for redeemer. And so what we find here is that Ruth just happens to be gleaning in the field of one of the family redeemers. And that particular redeemer uh, takes an interest in Ruth and notices Ruth and begins to take care and to protect Ruth. And we find here, uh, we'll look at now what this word redeemer means and why it's so significant. And the first thing that you should understand about the word redeemer is that it has the connotation of a close relative with responsibilities to help the family. Uh, the Goel was a near relative, and he was to protect and take care of the family. And there were both societal sort of social connotations, but there are also legal uh, ramifications as well uh, that with, with that word Goel. We have that in our society as well. If you have family members that kind of fall on hard times, it's sort of expected that you and your family will take care of other family members. But there are also some legal ways in which you are responsible to do so. You probably uh, heard this week about the, the case, the account uh, in Texas, where in a uh, Walmart parking lot, a woman came up to a, uh, a woman with a family and said, I want to buy your son for $500,000. And so the woman got in her car and locked the door and called the police. And this woman who woman who made the offer was charged with a third degree felony. You can't do that. That's unheard of. It would have been even worse if the the woman had said, well, here you go. Right. There are certain responsibilities that you have to family members, legal responsibilities. And so uh, there were several ways in which the goel, the redeemer, was to protect the family. And uh, first and foremost was through redemption. Okay, so that's how it's translated in the ESV, the redeemer. Um, So through redemption. Now, what is redemption? Redemption involves paying a price to buy something back. And we don't talk much about redemption in our culture. I remember... As a child, um, some of you will remember this. Kids, you won't remember this. Kids, you know, like 40 and younger, won't remember probably uh, s and green stamps. Some of you remember s h green stamps. I see some of you looking very quizzical. This is how it worked. You would go to the grocery store, and depending on how many groceries you bought, you would get green stamps. They were actual stamps, physical stamps. And you would lick those stamps and you would put them in a book. And when you got enough stamps and enough books, you would take them to what? Redemption. The Redemption Center, the S&H Green Stamp Redemption Center. And you could, you could trade those stamps for things like if your kids, you know, hey, it sounds kind of weird, but you could get toys. You could get, you could get a bike. Uh, you could get toasters, you could get blenders, you know, you could get all kinds of things. And I, as I remember, at our SNH Green Stamps uh, Redemption Center was right next to the Win Dixie, which made it convenient. Um, any case, that's how it worked. Now, today, we we kind of had taken that language and applied it to uh, points, right? You know, you get frequent flyer points, you go ahead and redeem those points, and uh, if you're going to kind of apply it. Uh, In an analogy to what went on here, you you would take your frequent flyer points and instead of using them yourselves, the points that you earned, you would gift them to somebody else. You would give them to somebody else. That's kind of the idea of what went on here. The goel was to redeem uh, the family member in a time of need. Now, one of the things that could happen in a time of need is a family member could be so impoverished that they actually sold themselves into slavery. And so it was the the option of the uh, goel, the redeemer, the close family relative, to be able to redeem the family member from slavery. We see this in Leviticus chapter 25, beginning with verse 47. If a stranger or sojourner with you becomes rich and your brother beside him becomes poor and sells himself to the stranger or sojourner with you or to a member of the stranger's clan, then after he is sold, he may be redeemed. One of his brothers may redeem him or his uncle or his cousin may redeem him or a close relative from his clan may redeem him or if he goes, grows rich, he may redeem himself. So the redemption was a price, whether he paid it himself or a close family member. Another way in which you could redeem something of a family member's is you could redeem land. We've mentioned before how valuable and how important land was in this agrarian society. It, it could mean the difference between uh, plenty and want, uh, living and starving. If you had no land, you had no means of um, of planting and raising up food for yourself. And so when the Israelites came into the land of Canaan, God Uh, allocated to them by tribe, uh, the land, and they, in their individual tribes, uh, divided up by families. And so the the land was never to go away from a particular family, so that they would always have the ability uh, to produce food for themselves. And there were certain uh, legislation that would ensure that that would happen. One was the year of Jubilee. Every 50 years, the land would revert back to the original family. Now, 50 years is a long time. And so if you became impoverished and you sold your land because you just had to, um, there was a way that your land could be redeemed by the Goel, by the Redeemer. Leviticus chapter 25, verse 24. And in all the country you possess, you shall allow a redemption of the land. If your brother becomes poor and sells part of his property, then his nearest redeemer shall come and redeem what his brother has sold. If a man has no one to redeem it and then himself becomes prosperous and finds sufficient means to redeem it. Right. So there's restoration, restoration from slavery, restoration from being impoverished by not having your land anymore. And then another way in which the Goel was a protector of the family was actually upholding family rights when major offenses were done to the family. They were to execute justice, literally execute justice. Now, this is going to sound rather strange to us, but it was a way in which justice was to be meted out in the legislation of the Old Testament. And it had to do with when a family member was killed by another person in Israel. Um, And it would be determined whether it was accidental or whether it was murder. And uh, if it was murder, then the avenger of blood, some of you Bible students know that term, avenger of blood, was responsible to execute justice. By the way, again, Bible students, that word avenger is? Goel, the Goel of blood, the redeemer. So here's the text that speaks of that numbers 35:10 and following. Speak to the people of Israel and say to them, when you cross the Jordan into the land of Canaan, then you shall select cities to be cities of refuge for you, that the manslayer who kills any person without intent may flee there. The city shall be for you a refuge from the avenger, the Goel that the manslayer may not die until he stands before the congregation for judgment. And the cities that you shall, shall be your six cities of refuge, and you shall have three cities beyond the Jordan and three cities in the land of Canaan to be cities of refuge. These six cities shall be for refuge for the people of Israel and for the stranger and for the sojourner among you, that anyone who kills any person without intent may flee there. But if he struck him down with an iron object so that he died, he is a murderer. The murderer shall be put to death. The avenger of blood shall himself put the murderer to death when he meets him. He shall put him to death. And if he is and if he pushed him out of hatred and hurled something at him lying in wait so that he died or in enmity struck him with his hand so that he died, then He who struck the blow shall be put to death. He is a murderer. The avenger avenger of blood shall put the murderer to death when he meets him. Right? So, again, sounds rather strange to us, but the way that it worked was if you killed somebody, you ran to the city of refuge. You were safe. The city elders would determine whether or not this was premeditated murder or murder or whether it was simply an accident and if it was murder, then it was the responsibility of the Goel to execute justice, right? That's the Goel. That's the Redeemer, the protector of the family. And we see some of this protector role here in the account with Ruth that we, um, that we hear today. Ruth chapter 221. And Ruth the Moabite said, besides, he said to me, You shall keep close by my young men until they have finished all my harvest. And Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter-in-law, It is good, my daughter, that you go out with his young women, lest in another field you be assaulted. So she kept close to the young women of Boaz, gleaning until the end of the barley and wheat harvests. And she lived with her mother, right? Boaz was her protector. He was taking up the role of the Goel. And so we find here in this text. Should Naomi have hope? Mm -hmm. Things are looking up. Why are they looking up? Because the Goel has come. He's hit the scene. And it's just so happened, right, that Ruth ended up in that field. Is it? Naomi says, may he be blessed by the Lord whose kindness... The Lord's kindness has not forsaken the living or the dead. Naomi also said to her, the man is a close relative of ours, one of our redeemers. God has brought Ruth and the redeemer together. Now, here in our text, uh, there is uh, there's not a price paid except for a little barley. Um, But we also find that there's one other responsibility of the goel. And some of you know what that is. We're going to get into that in the next couple of Uh, sermons, and that is the Goel can help the family by means of marriage. And Naomi knows this, and so she's excited. God has put a protector, a redeemer in her life. So go ahead. Go ahead and have hope, Naomi. And so I say to you, Christian, go ahead and have hope. Go ahead and have hope because you have a Goel. You have a Redeemer. God is your Goel. You know, the Bible in the Old Testament uses that term for God all throughout the Old Testament. I'm just going to give you a few instances. Uh, One important one is Exodus chapter 6, verse 6. Say, therefore, to the people of Israel, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, I will deliver you from slavery. Sound familiar? and i will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great acts of judgment. Moses said in Exodus 15:13, you have led in your steadfast love the people whom you have redeemed. The prophets are filled with this language of God being our goel. The Lord has ransomed Jacob and has redeemed him from the hands too strong for him, Jeremiah 31:11. Isaiah 41, 14, fear not, you worm, Jacob, you men of Israel. I am the one who helps you, declares the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. Isaiah 43, 1, but now thus says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. Now, I mentioned the marriage aspect. It's applied to God. In Isaiah 54, 5, For your maker is your husband, the Lord of hosts is his name, and the Holy One of Israel is your Redeemer, your Goel. So do you need restoration? Do you? Listen to the word of the Lord. Isaiah 63, 9, In all their affliction he was afflicted, and the angel of his presence saved them In his love and in his pity, he redeemed them. He lifted them up and carried them all the days of old. There's prophecy in the Old Testament that a redeemer, a goel, would come. We know him as Jesus. Prophecy in Isaiah 59, 20. And a redeemer will come to Zion, to those in Jacob who turn from their transgression the Redeemer will come and will ransom us from the penalty of our sin. Isaiah 44:22. I have blotted out your transgressions like a cloud and your sins like mist. Return to me for I have redeemed you. And the wages of sin, he has redeemed us from. Hosea 13:14. I shall ransom them from the power of Sheol. I shall redeem them from death. O death, where are your plagues? O Sheol, where is your sting? So God is your Goel. He is your Redeemer. And Christ, the one who is truly God, who took on flesh, who came here, is your Redeemer. Hebrews 9.14. The blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, purify our consciences from dead works to serve the living God. Therefore, he is the mediator of a new covenant so that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance since a death has occurred that redeems them from the transgressions committed under the first law Romans 3:24 we are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus the bible speaks in the new testament of our bodies being redeemed we you might have noticed people die We need the redemption of our bodies. We studied this in Romans 8, 23. And not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the spirit grown inwardly as we eagerly wait the adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. We pass on and go immediately to be with God in heaven. And one day there will be a great resurrection and we will experience redemption of our bodies, in Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of His grace. Ephesians one seven. Ephesians four thirty talks about us being sealed for the day of redemption. We look forward to that total and final and complete redemption. And in the Old Testament, redemption was done by means of a payment. What is the payment? First Peter 1 Peter 1:18. Knowing that you are ransomed or redeemed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers. Not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ. Like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. It's a payment that's not made in gold or silver or Bitcoin. No, no There's no currency uh, that is like the blood of Jesus Christ, the eternal son of God took on flesh and paid uh, the penalty and made the purchase. Jonathan Edwards said of the fact of our redemption, the redeemed are dependent of God for all. All that we have, wisdom, the pardon of sin, deliverance, acceptance in God's favor, grace, holiness, true comfort and happiness, eternal life and glory. We have from God. Our blessings are what we have by purchase. And the purchase is made of God. The blessings are purchased of him. And not only so, but God is the purchaser. Yes, God is both the purchaser and the price. For Christ, who is God, purchased these blessings by offering himself as the price of our salvation. And so you are redeemed. You're restored from the penalty of death, from the alienation with God that is caused by your sins. We're now family. We have a Goel, who is family, who is that? Jesus, our brother, our close relative, Romans 8, 29. He foreknew and predestined us, why? That we might be the firstborn among many brothers. Jesus is your brother, your close relative, who's come to restore you through redemption. And so this payment in redemption is applied and we receive it. How? By faith. When you place your faith in the redemption price, in the redeemer, in your goel, you receive redemption. Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith. In the son of God who gave himself for me, who loved me and gave himself up for me. So you need to acknowledge that you need a redeemer, that you need to be redeemed, that you are empty and you need to be filled. You know, there are two things that keep people from coming to Jesus as the redeemer. The first is they say, I'm too far gone. There's no way. I'm too far gone to be redeemed. The other is people who say, eh, you know, I'm not that bad. I don't really need to be redeemed. I'm not that empty. Pray for God to restore you, to redeem you. Place your faith in him and know what it means to have that total eternal hope that you will have complete and final redemption. But as you come to him, As you know of Jesus as your Redeemer, pray that he would redeem other areas of your life, just like Naomi need to have other areas of her life restored. Pray that he would restore areas in your life like emotional needs, social needs, physical needs, family needs, and spiritual needs. And God may not answer that prayer. He may not restore those things if that would not be good for you, if there are things that you need to to learn. God needs to be working in your life. But go ahead and call on him because he is your redeemer. You know, the, the insurance commercial, you know, in a horror movie, people make poor decisions. That's what they do. You know, you've seen that. Maybe you've seen that one where these high school kids are at this scary house. It's at night and and uh, they're they're running or trying to get away and somebody says maybe we should jump in that car that's that that's that running car right there and get away and then the person says no are you crazy let's go over and hide behind that wall of chainsaws there and then the line you know in a horror movie people make poor decisions cuz that's what they do in a horror movie well when you're the redeemer what do you do you redeem that's what redeemers do Hater's going to hate. Redeemer's going to redeem. So you might as well call on your Redeemer to redeem. So trust in your perfect Redeemer, your close relative, your brother. You know, redemption by God is possible no matter how far you're gone. This is an account from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution and from a book uh, entitled Reconciling All Things. Uh, Billy Neal Moore spent 16 years on death row for killing a man. It was in 1974, and Moore was a 22-year-old Army specialist stationed at nearby Fort Gordon. He and his wife, who lived in Ohio, were having marital troubles, so he had brought his two-year-old son to live with him, but he had a problem paying for his bills. He had authorized the Army to send his paychecks to his wife, And now he had fallen behind on his rent he needed money and he needed it fast and he heard about a man who carried a lot of cash so late one night he broke into the home of 77 year old uh, fredger stapleton and moore was met with a shotgun blast and he fired back with his 38 caliber revolver killing stapleton moore stole about five thousand dollars But instead of elation, he was overcome with fear and shame. He was arrested, tried, and eventually sentenced to death. And when Billy Neal Moore was in jail, a minister named and Guthrie shared with him the good news that Jesus Christ loved him and wanted to forgive his sins. And Moore learned that no one is beyond redemption, in the words of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And Guthrie told Moore that although a judge in Georgia had sentenced him to death, there was a just judge named Jesus Christ who died to save people like you. He told Moore that somehow God would bring him through this trying time. Then they prayed together, and before Guthrie left that day, he baptized Moore in a prison bathtub with two trusty inmates as witnesses. The pastor said, I could tell he was very remorseful. He didn't try to blame anybody. He was never resentful, he just said he was sorry. From prison, Moore wrote to his victim's family and asked for their forgiveness. A week later, he received a response. Dear Billy, we are Christians and we forgive you and pray for God, to God for your soul and hope for the best in your life. Moore was stunned. Then the family decided to petition the Georgia Parole Board to commute Moore's death sentence. In 1991, Moore was paroled from prison, transformed by the grace of God and his victim's family members. When I was released, they embraced me like a brother, Moore said of the Stapletons. The old Billy Moore no longer exists. He has been been preaching the gospel of forgiveness ever since. The new Billy Moore travels the world, telling his story to churches, colleges, prisons, and high schools, He's spoken to Yale University, Barry College, Cambridge University, and again, as the Atlanta Journal-Constitution goes on to say, when he talks, he'll talk about redemption, forgiveness, and faith. The Redeemer is on the scene, folks. Go ahead and be hopeful. Go ahead and hope for redemption through your Redeemer. Let's pray. Father, we are so thankful for the Redeemer, our Goel, in the person of Jesus Christ. You've clearly communicated through your Scripture who you are, the richness of what that means, how you are our protector and the one who restores everything. And so we come to you first and foremost, asking you to restore our relationship with you, to restore our hope of salvation and eternal redemption with you in glory, the redemption of our bodies, the redemption of our souls. But we also pray, Father, that you would meet us in our needs, that as we come to you, that you, our Redeemer, would restore various areas of our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.